Okay, and okay, no, we are live. Sorry, we had a little hiccup there. Okay, no, we are live. Stuttered. Sorry, we had a little hiccup there. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Ask Cannon. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Ask Cannon. I'm sorry. Uh, that probably echoed through for a second there. We are all over the place this morning. Um, but hello and welcome to another episode of Loose Cannon. This week we are going to have a kind of lore review uh, episode because how many more days are in the season? Like 20, 21-ish? Yeah, I think approximately. <clears throat> Let's see. It says May 22nd, so about 22, 23 days uh, are left. <laughs> And um, so we thought it, we thought it'd be a, a fun idea to have an episode where we kind of uh, talk about the questions we still have at the end of the season, as we're probably not going to get any more heavy lore updates until until May twenty second. I think all we have now is Guardian Games coming to yeah. us. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's funny because I was just thinking back in the past, like we used to have the the spring event. You know, and uh-huh. and other things oh, like that. We still have would a just... spring event. What do you mean? No, like okay, so we would have. I'm sorry, not spring event. The uh, <laughs> Crimson Days. Oh, oh yeah, we used to have Crimson Days and the Revel Revelry. Revelry, yeah, that's what it is. That's a hard one to pronounce. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, actually, I'm pretty sure the uh, title. For Guardians game, Guardian games, or maybe the title for doing all four seasonal, um, not seasonal, um, well, actually, yeah, seasonal, uh, a seasonal holiday events. I think it's called a, like Reveler or something like that. I think it's. Oh, so it's funny how they how they're like kind of bringing it back to that, but they're never going to bring Crimson Days back, which is kind of a bummer. I really liked Crimson Days. Yeah, I did too. It was a lot of fun getting that buff when you're when your yeah teammate it was an dies. Yeah, crucible mode. It's like I'm not much of a PvP player, but I can understand that most of the players are wanting something new. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe they wouldn't want Crimson Days, but I thought it was at least interesting. Yeah, I mean, okay, so just leave it. <laughs> yeah, give leave give the, the doubles rotation. play mode if you don't want to give crimson days like have it have it rotating yeah i mean we yeah. get mayhem all the time and or what's the one with the scorch cannons uh scorched, scorched. uh it's it's mayhem yeah. rift scorched and um momentum control i think it is those are the four that yeah. rotate so we have those four so yeah. you're saying this add a fifth one and make it mm-hmm. make it the doubles mode right i don't know i like that like that no let's do it just get rid of Gambit and we'll put that in there. People are really liking Gambit this season, so I don't <laughs> think that would that would be the case. But in any in any case, in any case, um, so we we wanted to do that this season, and we want to continue to do this in um, seasons to come. So like next season, the season of the deep, around this time, we're gonna want to do another one of these. And we we were talking about it. We we think it'd be fun to to invite uh, some of our like fellow lore nerds in the community to come on so that we can get more uh what questions do they have oh my god this green screen is not liking anything about what i'm wearing today (laughs) (laughs) so um do you just want to get things started with the the lore card yeah sure let's go for it all right 
<clears throat> okay, so it's not a long lore card. This this one, uh, I guess the one that I guess the thing that's really cool about this more is the implications tied to the lore. Um, but we'll start with the lore. We'll start with the actual card itself and what its real world meaning is. Um, mm -hmm. A raconteur, <laughs> raconteur, raconteur. <laughs> Depends on how you want to put your inflection on it. Uh, it's like an old word, and we've we started using it a lot more nowadays than um, like over history. There, there's these cool, there are these cool graphs if you ever want to look at terminology and words and like origin words word origins um there, there are some pretty cool graphs which will tell you or show you usage uh over decades and as the years go by as far as like literary works and you know popular um works of art and stuff like that but raconteur uh seems to pop seems to have popped up more uh recently within the last 10 years or so um in its usage uh, the cool thing about raconteur is it, it it's it's French, <laughs> uh, but it it means to relate or to tell a story. Um, the cool thing about it is it 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 means, or what the definition plainly is, there are skilled storytellers who can captivate audiences, weave words together to create vivid scenes, and bring life to a range of characters and situations. Um, one of the neat things is the flavor text on this particular uh, weapon. It's a bow. Uh, and the flavor text says, who doesn't like to spin a good yarn? And, you know, you think, what does that mean? Well, spin yarn can mean to tell a lie or it can mean to tell a long, drawn-out, embellished story. I've never uh, so heard before we get into straight-out call yeah, a lie. That's, that's surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean... I don't know if you've ever heard the the expression used. I have, but you know, when you you talk about two people just you know BSing or you know telling a bunch of like hokey pokey, they're sitting off in the corner spinning yarn. You know, they're just they're yeah, gabbing, no, I've never, they're I've never heard it used in like maybe it's a story with embellishment, but never like straight out called to lying. Yeah, yeah, no, it 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 it, it is it is used. Huh. So like when you say, oh, they. Sp they spun a long tale about this and that and the other, what happened to them over the weekend, which, you know, was just a bunch of BS or like they spun a yarn about what happened to, you know, basically excuses for bad behavior or just flat out lies trying to, you know, anyway, deceive you. So spinning yarn. Yeah. It, it is a term to mean lie. And, you know, not only that, it's just a, a way to put more embellishment on a otherwise plain story. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> make things you know more enhanced. <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, being a raconteur means you're uh, a skilled storyteller who can captivate your audiences with 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 your tales. Um, they have a unique ability to weave words together to create these vivid scenes and bring life to a range of characters and situations. Uh, they're often seen as natural performers who can hold their listeners spellbound with their stories the flavor text to you know the saying to spin yarn means to tell a story um 
The origins of the phrase come from the spinning of wool or other fibers into yarn, which involves taking a single thread and twisting it into longer, more durable threads. Similarly, when we say someone is spinning yarn, we suggest that they are taking a few small, unremarkable stories and weaving them together to create something bigger and more interesting. The art of storytelling has been celebrated throughout the ages, from ancient myths and legends to modern-day novels and, and films. A raconteur's talent for storytelling has the ability to transport their audiences to different times and places and create lasting impressions. So being a good raconteur is not simply a matter of recounting a series of events, but rather an art form that requires creativity, empathy, and an understanding of human nature. So a great raconteur has the ability to connect their listeners on an emotional level and leave a lasting impact on them. It's a skill that can be honed through practice, reading wildly, or widely, not wildly, reading wide, widely and learning from other storytellers. The word raconteur uh, gets its origins from the French language, like I said, which means to relate or to tell a story. Uh, the term became popular in the English uh, in the 19th century when literary, literary salons and other gatherings of intellectual storytelling emerged. French writers such as uh, Balzac <laughs> and Maupassant uh, were famous raconteurs of their time. Uh, today, we use the word raconteur to describe someone who is skilled at storytelling and whether or not they're relating a true life experience or spinning a tale from their imagination. And so that's the gist of what a raconteur is. Mm -hmm. Now, to get into the fun part, uh, this is a queen's weapon, right? Yeah, the uh, queen's guard weapons, I think it would technically fall under. Yeah. So the first obvious thing is to spin yarn. I mean, you think of a bow, it has a string, la yeah. la la. You can think about the string, you can get the relation there. The cool thing is, is that when I think about the queen's weapons or the queen, anything associated to the, the queen, when they flat out have something that says to, you know, spin a yarn, mm -hmm. <laughs> to tell an embellished story or a somewhat deceitful lie, then my gears start clicking, right? Uh, so there's that whole, like, little thing there that just kind of looms over you when you're thinking about the weapon and, and what it looks like. But the other really cool thing about this is the actual lore entry for this weapon. And I'm not going to read it, but the I, I would encourage you to go read it. It's really a good story. Mm -hmm. um, the summary of it is Crow speaking to Ido, and, or Ido speaking to Crow, actually, and remembering the days of when he was Aldrin and how he used to tell really good stories to the Elixni hatchlings. Uh, basically fallen children and she encouraged him to come back one day and tell more stories to the hatchlings or the kids <laughs> the fallen kids and uh, basically the cool thing was is that she recounts uh, in the in the entry his his really good you know he was really skilled at doing it and crow was like yeah well now the memories that i have of being older and before you know he remembers those times Mm -hmm. when he was altering and he remembers those fond memories uh but then like at the end of the lore entry she's like you know you should should come back one day if you 
if you can basically it's like if you remember us well or whatever and he's like how could i forget yeah <laughs> so uh it's kind of funny because there's like there's like a dual thing to unpack with uh crow and aldrin the fact that he knows he was Aldrin, and so there are some good memories that are tied to the Fallen, but then there's also some bad memories, right? You know, just being Crow and knowing his past and how he helped bring up a bunch of Fallen uh, under his wing and yada, yada, yada. But yeah, it, it is neat. It's a neat little thing because Ida, you know, thinks of him like in the midst, even though all of the bad things that have happened, all the bad blood, all that stuff. You know, you think about Spider uh, ruling over Aldrin or the Crow. Um, even though all of those bad things happen, Ido still has, you know, this nice memory tied with the Crow, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. I thought that was cool because, I mean, it's just a legendary bow, you know, that you would otherwise probably dismantle or not really. <laughs> Or maybe yeah. you found a really good role and you love it, but uh, something, some weapons like this. Bows, to be honest, like I know, with yeah. like certain uh, champion mods, they're really good because they're very effective at range type of thing. Like they're they're a very good, um, like overload or anti barrier uh, for things like that. But even so, it, they're just kind of hard for me to enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have a hard time too. I mean, the only one I really mm, kind of enjoy is the Tikus, you know. But I, yeah, I barely exactly. pull it it's out like now. A, a bow that's not even truly just a, a bow. bow it's yeah, like, it's something extra. <laughs> well, the, the, just to you know, to real quick wrap it up, it, it's neat that um, raconteur is used here because thinking of crow, like my vision of crow sitting around with a bunch of little fallen children or hatchlings it looks neat hatchlings uh telling stories is a pretty cool image yeah uh, to have yeah no because it, it, it kind of goes back to the aldrin before we before we met aldrin where it was like he was a even back then he was a completely different person yeah like when when a, when destiny one kicks off it's like he's an ass he is yeah and yeah. his animosity was always targeted to guardians specifically, it seemed. Right. And so that's the other thing, too, is, um, you know, we've had a lot of weapons and armor, and, and it started with D2. Um, and I bring it up again, you know, the prodigal set, mm -hmm. uh, which was Aldrin's set of armor for the hunters. And we've had several other weapons. And here, just recently, we've had a few more prodigal weapons show up. So it really kind of touches on the fact that Crow is the repentant uh, character coming back. You know, yeah. he's, he's gone out, been this evil person. He's been this good person. He's been subverted, subjected. He's been, you know, basically tortured in, in ways. He's He's been a yeah, complete no, ass at the top of the food chain. absolutely tortured. Yeah, yeah. He's had all of these worldly experiences. He's been, he's been the prince, you know. Uh, he's, you know, as Aldrin and, and now he's Crow, the repentant son come back. And mm -hmm. and so having all of these worldly experiences, you just like it says in the in the what it is to be a raconteur, you, you have to have a great amount of empathy. And how do you attain that? Well, 
you know, it's wisdom having all of these experiences that shape and mold you as a human or as a per person. So I thought that was neat. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I agree. Um, okay. So then speaking of Aldrin, uh, one of the topics that, that I, that we have here, do you have the, uh, the list? Do I need to send it to you again? No. Yeah. I think I still have it. Okay. Um, uh, one of the topics that we have here is um, Amanda. So Amanda obviously died this season. She gave herself, you know, the whole sacrifice thing. And and we have the, the speaker quote where it's like, uh, devotion inspires bravery, bravery and uh, inspires sacrifice. What, what was this full yeah. quote? Um, yeah. I think you just said it all. That was pretty much it because the speaker says it. He says, "Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, sacrifice leads to death." That was right. that was because I remember I remembered it was three parts and I couldn't remember the last part. Yeah. Um. So yeah, sacrifice leads to death, and Amanda absolutely had devotion, bravery, sacrifice, and it led to her death. And so it should, it would make it would make sense to see her come back as a guardian and there's really right. no reason why she couldn't necessarily like it's not like just because okay well actually that's a, that's a question then do you think because of the state the traveler is in right now with the witness do you think ghosts can still find new guardians i have no clue <laughs> well i mean if you had to say yes so or no what would you say I'd say no, because I would think that, yeah, because I would think that the, the traveler's compromised at the moment. Okay. I would say yes, but it's I, th I think it's interesting that you said that word compromised. So then, so then if a ghost could find a new guardian, do you think that guardian would also be compromised? There you go. There's the meat of it. So, yeah. So I guess, I guess technically, I think, I think I know where you're going. Um, Yes. So technically, I don't think... Okay, so maybe the thing to say would be there would be no safe way to mm -hmm. find a new guardian without having some kind of a back channel for like badness. pure light. Yeah. Yeah, because we don't really know where, where the witness has gone. We, we, I know it, like... I know it seemed like it went inside the traveler. I've seen people say that it wasn't actually physically inside the traveler. Like that, like that, that triangle portal thing wasn't actually on the traveler. It was just in front of, which right. maybe it was just in front of. And I saw it wrong. I don't know. It's, I didn't see an angle of it where it was definitively like hovering uh, 10 feet off of the traveler or anything, you know? So, but I mean, yeah, it's it kind of a hard perspective. Yeah. yeah, it's a hard perspective because it's like in front and you can't really see like yeah. the side profile. But but even if it's on the traveler, it, be... it doesn't mean it's going inside. It could be just using the traveler as like a power source to be used, you know? Yeah, that's true. So so then that's a, that's a really interesting thought because until that, until this part point, um, I was thinking it would be cool to see Amanda come back as a guardian because she would come back and she wouldn't have her memories. She wouldn't have anything uh, about herself other than like some some aspects of her personality. Kind of like how we saw with Crow, where uh, the Crow we see is the Aldrin we never knew. And 
we're we're seeing more and more evidence of this Aldrin before D one like. And and maybe it was just Aldrin to not Guardians. Like he just really hated Guardians, and that was it. He he was a he was an elitist yeah. when it came to Guardians, uh, but was very accepting of everyone else. And so right. we would get an Amanda, who is Amanda, but she doesn't know us. She has no connection to us. She doesn't know Cage. She doesn't give a shit about Cage. She's never met him. Right. And she never will. You know. Um. And I thought it would be interesting to have Amanda come back because she has that that uh, relationship with Crow, where Crow is trying to say, "I'm not Aldrin," and she's saying, "I can't separate the two. And now Crow has to accept yeah. the same. He has to accept that she is not Amanda, even though she looks like Amanda. Yeah, that's a pretty tangled up soap opera type of yeah. drama right there. <laughs> It would it would make it would make for a really good like background story like the 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 real yeah. fight and everything and it's just like there's like there's like turmoil at home where where there's this newly risen guardian <laughs> who who doesn't yet have a name and crow yeah. crow trying to be like you're Amanda and her going I'm not Amanda and then right you know crow is basically like being a hypocrite in that sense because if he gets to go you're still Amanda but you don't get to go I'm still Aldrin. You know? Yeah. Well, hey, listen. So, like, you think about how <laughs> Bungie loves to write in a lot of unrequited love stories and, like, you know, star-crossed lover stories. <laughs> and there's several instances in the lore, uh, and I don't want to call them tropes or anything, but they you know, are definitely like they've done been done before in other other uh things. Anyway, I think about I think about that like two people never was disconnected. Oh yeah, it looks like the stream went down. Okay, we're back. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. There was a there's a little hiccup there. Um I guess a network issue. Weird. But, we're back and we are okay. still live and we are still live. Okay. Um, do you remember what you were saying? <laughs> yeah. Where was I? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> what was the that, last thing that, I said? That erased, that erased my short term memory. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. I was just basically saying, uh, Bungie loves to write in stories where two people can never be together fully. Like, uh, yeah, of course. you think about all of the past history, history and, and lore entries and, they love to put in, you know, these stories where, like, uh, Cade can't be with, uh, what's her name? Uh, and, well, it was and, Maya. Uh, yeah, Maya. And then you think about, like, um, uh, who's the, well, who is the Titan the that punched everything? And oh, um. Wei Ning? Yeah, Wei Ning. Yeah. And then her you and think Harry about, like, three. yeah. They can never like fully be together, and now you think about like uh, Crow and Amanda can't, you know. So there's like <laughs> definitely yeah. Bungie likes to play with that. Like two people can never be fully together. There's always something star-crossed lovers. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. No, Bungie definitely likes to do that. Uh, that trope, that's for sure. Yeah. What's the other one? Chioma. Oh, well, that's and and Maya, yeah, as well. Uh, yeah, there was like yeah, a triangle. Yeah, well, they got they got separated more so because Cade was just a, a robot 
I guess. So you can't really. Yeah. I, I but more to your point. Okay, so but more to your point. The only thing I was thinking of, what if she came back and she was a bad guy? Yeah, and that's that. That was something that you made me me kind of question. Would would any newly risen guardian at this point uh, be be corrupted by the witness's influence on the veil and everything? Right. Because I guess I guess I guess a big uh, a question that we didn't have listed in here. That we really should, but it feels kind of stupid to have it because we know we're gonna get the answer. But like, what what does the veil actually do? Oh. <laughs> you know, was it just like right. an artifact and that's it? And it's like it it just hangs out, and the witness used it for other purposes that it wasn't intended for because it wasn't really intended for any. Or is is the veil, despite being all the way out on Neptune? like integral to guardian creation in some in some fashion yeah i think it is i think it is in a way um so here's a neat little idea that i was playing around with if you wanted to use because we i think we all know what the veil is even though we can't define it because that's that's the point of the veil it's not like it it's incomprehensible right okay so to be able to explain the veil is like trying to explain, you know, just life itself. Um, anyway, well, I mean, what's funny if, is if we're on the topic of, of what is the veil, um, the the back half of it, the side that we didn't see when we went through the, the mission for it, um, the back half of it had very similar uh, tree of silver wings. Uh, there bark, you go. Silver bark going. Yep. which that's I was really just about to say, I was just about to say, we're all focused on what is the veil? What is the veil? But we never even knew what the tree yeah. of silver wings was. And so it's just funny that like people are so hung up on the veil now, but remember the tree? <laughs> we never got an answer to that one. Um, yeah, but so I actually... think one, I think they're one in the same in a way. Um, but if you want to like relate it to something like similar to something in real in real life, I would say it would be like it would almost be like a cosmic seed that has grown in in one way or the other. So the veil, just as far as an image goes, if you look at it, it's grown down through its roots and the top is basically showing the ever expansive nature of the universe and it's you know it's incomprehensible to us like we could never understand it but it is the window to the universe and then the sea of tree of the or the silver tree of whatever the tree of silver whatever you call it the 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 tree of silver wings there you go it's the opposite it's grown its branches uh you see the top of it which would be the grown part portion of it uh, which is coming up from you know from the ground you don't see the bottom that's anchored in the ground but you see the top which very much almost looks like a mirror to the roots of the veil so i think that they're of the same source but basically two different representations of the same source uh and what is the source it's this you know it's this cosmic energy that basically gives us uh they are just the windows to it, but it, they are the windows to this cosmic force that allows us to tap into our paracausal abilities, nature, all of the things that make, 
you know, light bearers, light bearers, and 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 all of the other things that we use that paracausality for, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and our enemies use it too. Our enemies, our allies, all of the things are are tapping into it in a way. Uh, it's just these particular instances. I think the veil. I don't know how it got there. I don't know how we're using it. I don't know how it was grown. Whatever. However, I do think it is very much a part of like the whole reason it exists is because or is for the same reasons why we ex- uh, exist as light bearers. Yeah. So, um, do you mind if I, I read a, a couple things that I was just looking yes. into? Uh, yeah. so, uh, a couple snippets from the book unveiling, which is where we dealt with the, which is when we were getting, when we were dealing with the tree of silver wings that formed on Aya, we were getting mm-hmm. snippets of the book unveiling. And so mm-hmm. hopefully this can kind of help us, uh, refresh us going into next season where we should be exploring what the veil is in season of the deep. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but so, uh, the day was longer than all of time, and the night was swifter than a glint of light on a falling on a falling sugar crystal. Insects buzzed between the flowers, and worms slithered between the roots, feeding on what was and what might be. The first gradient in existence, the first dynamo of life. Rain fell from the sky. R- rain fell from no sky. This spoke without mouth or meaning. A tree of silver wings bloomed, yielded fruit, shed feathers, bloomed again. So that's like in terms of existence, that's the first tree. Right. And you go a little further in the book and uh, they're fighting. The winnower and the, and the gardener are fighting. So we, we, we wrestled in the garden and the loam possibility where nothing existed and everything might blah, 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 blah move on. Uh, and still we fought, we brought down the tree of silver wings and left the stump of, left the stump to smoke amid the meadows. We left prints of our splayed feet and our straining backs in the clay. And so they fought in the garden. We wrestled in the garden. We brought down the tree of silver wings, right? Yeah. And then we go to the MK 44 stand asides, the tree in the garden with silver wings, that's like the very first word they say. Uh, yeah. The air around it is oppressive and inspires violence in those who even breathe a little in. Shards of disastrous bark from from it, eh. bark peel from it and litter the ground, and nothing grows in its shadow. Uh, they're just like talking about how how destructive it is. Every leaf forged in the instruments of ruin. The gardener is hard to bother. She is constantly amid her weeds, kneeling in the tangent dust, gloves covered in a mix of distant soils and metallic saps. She is listening to music of insects in the midst of flowers and un- unguent as it begins to drip from the ferns with the slight scratch of the worm beneath and not to you. So here's another thing to keep in mind. The worm beneath and not to you and certainly not for your cries of help. Yeah. Um, and then we go into season of arrivals during shadow keep where we were getting the the unveiling lore book the the artifact that season was a seed of silver wings and so in here we have a paragraph there is a second tree obviously 
it has grown and from it the guardian has taken a seed that we intend to use to study with the tree's parent felled in the black garden this may be a rarely given opportunity so the first and original only tree was destroyed by the gardener and the winnower in what became the black garden as like existence was forming so the black garden is like kind of like a precursor to existence oh right? that's a good one yes and so somehow another tree grew the second of knowledge there might be others elsewhere but this is the second of knowledge it grew on io and we were able to get a seed from it uh what happened to that seed i have no fucking idea well remember we got the seed um okay so this was uh, backing up real quick remember when we went to io uh first we went to uh mercury and got that seed and then brought it to io and planted it because it was tied to the vex in the story in the gameplay i remember going to mercury it's so hard to remember it's been so many seasons with like so much yeah. content in between well it was play. a time thing so we ripped it from some it was, time it was thing in the sundial yeah yes we ripped it some from some time thing in the sundial brought it to Mer because remember there were the the sisters the uh the scion sisters that were trying to rewrite yeah. time for them so yeah so that happened and then after that we defeated them we were able to take that seed we went to io we planted it tree of silver rings we got a new ability and then or something like that well arrivals went into beyond light where we got stasis we didn't get the new ability from the tree of silver rings. yeah you're right um i don't know do you think it's the same i feel like they've they've had various different seeds because the seed that you're talking about is um a seed that osiris got from a pyramid oh well i mean if he got from a fucking pyramid ship yep there um, you go <laughs> that well was from all Imolent of this part one if uh anyone's interested in that it's uh i just scrolled past that i had it highlighted uh, horticulture. A siren has long wept over Io, mourning the death of a once lively world. The life, oh, the life left sleeping lay deep in the cradle, awaiting the wish to awaken the grove. On wings of flame and golden skin, the phoenix settled to deliver. Buried deep, the flaming beak a seed to bl to blossom and draw watchers hither. There it is. Yep, good old Osiris. And then I I think it I think it says that he he got something um in this I don't I don't want to spend too too much just looking into this looking for uh where he where he uh finds the item right but there was like a few scattered scattered uh pieces of lore where it was like he found this item in like way out past the system in in like a dark a dark ship maybe not a pyramid ship but just like somewhere that you should not go and he he kind of came out of it with this item yeah and um yeah. yeah yeah i remember that he had to venture out into just like basically just complete darkness so then um that was a long lore. why doesn't bungie do those anymore those were cool those uh yeah they used to do what were like they called? every season uh oh man those are awesome just long, drawn-out lore entries, basically. Yeah, uh, Bungie called them web lore. Ishtar categorizes them, categorizes them under records because it's yeah. just a, a, it, it fills other 
categories as well. Yeah. Can I can I bring something up real quick? Because this is all any time like this is the thing that always my mind always goes to any time we talk about seeds or the tree or you know, now the veil. Um and when we talk about the seeds, I always go back to G uh, D one mm-hmm. on the uh the ghost fragments abilities. Um so real quick. This is from Lord Saladin's induction speech. And I love, there's this one particular paragraph in here that I love, and I've always loved it. Uh, The the early grimoire was just so good, Mm -hmm. especially back when you didn't know anything. It just, it could read for a lot of things. Anyway, so real quick, nothing is born strong. I know I began weak, the same as you. I don't care if you're an exo staring at that number and wondering where you came from. Or a human hungry to understand the ancient world that you that left you for dead, or an awoken reborn in the very essence of what your people hide from. Together, we are the pointed end of a long stick of happenstance. Change one ripple in an ancient ocean, and we would never have been granted the light within us, or the good ghosts that want to help us. Humble origins. Every world begins as a big pebble lost among trillions of pebbles every worthy sun was once cold hydrogen spread thin across the vacuum even the universe this cosmic garden that surrounds us in awe this monument to creation was once the size of an apple seed and everything that's splendid and great stands at the end of incalculable chance and mayhem yes You have talents, enormous, wondrous powers, but you should put that smirk away. Don't you know what a guardian is? Not yet. Your name is another pebble. You are a cold apple seed, but you will grow. Yeah. Yeah. I've always loved that one. Yeah, a lot of the D1 lore is really good. Um, I did actually find uh, where Osiris... He finds the seed in um, what gives me pause, the web lore. There it is. Yeah. The web um, lore. So it's always he, the web lore. He was out at the Kuiper Urth expanse, which I can only <laughs> imagine is fucking far away. Um, and basically, he found, he found some nonsense, and against better judgment from Sagira, he decides to go in see what he can get from it and so before him the gnarled point softens and splits into a blooming cathedral a metal seed laid barren in the in the bosom of the throne in a pool of light a nexus he plucks in the pool from its dripping spawn a rapturous light spreading through the enormity of the ravenously washing over the gullet and increasing pace uh yeah so that's that's the seed that he grabbed so he grabbed seed and he was able to take that and use it to power the sundial which was actually able to reverse time and then when drifter when drifter came and checked it out he even drifter was like the fuck you got like (laughs) he was not uh he was not cool with uh what osiris had um sundial maybe i can find it (laughs) the sundial the fuck you got yeah, uh, <laughs> did you walk back? Fire your up against it. Yeah, so that comes from another web lore called the Sundial. This is where all the best shit is. Um, yeah, 
So he goes, the drifter came into view from behind one of the sundial auxiliary pylons, joint, uh, pointing and jabbing a finger at Osiris's machine. Segura narrowed her eye at the rogue light bearer and lowered herself to Osiris' shoulder. Why is he here? She asked quietly. I asked him to consult on the engineering work, Osiris replied, crossing his arms. You sicko, the other man declared, walking a circle <laughs> around the warlock, eyes darting along every surface of the sundial around them. As the drifter wrapped his knuckles on the north pylon, he mumbled, Ghost, do the numbers. And an armored ghost with a red eye unfolded out a transmat and began a scan pattern for each sundial's pattern, spire. Drifter walked into the central spire and put his ear up against it. This core, he said, leaning close, his eyes darted to, back to Osiris. It's whispering. Osiris's expression didn't change. His arms didn't uncross. We'll seal the core away. I understand the ramifications. Good luck keeping that contained. Not something I would bargain with, Hotshot. Drifter stood up and beckoned his ghost with two fingers. It floated earthward and unleashed a holographic array of statistics along the sundial deck. Oh, he, he's even Drifter's like, I wouldn't fucking touch that. Like, I, I, right. I currently have a creature that suppresses light just ambiently on my ship, and I would not <laughs> touch what Osiris is using. And yeah. So here's the real here's the real kicker. In Witch Queen, when Mars returned, there were time anomalies. Do you think time is like a dark a thing that dark kind of holds? Because that's what stasis was supposed to be, remember? Yeah, and remember we talked about this like you were you had this theory that what if uh like we got an ability that was rooted in time, like time manipulation because we had uh like even the stranger's rifle now has the orb that yeah. comes from another place in time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is cool. I like the idea that, well, so I guess the backup to your earlier, when we started this, you know, um, rabbit hole, mm -hmm. <laughs> when <laughs> you were talking about the second one? trip, huh? I don't even know how we got here. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about the second tree. Uh, but we were talking so about Amanda. We, yeah, I know. That's how we got here. Like we so, have a anyway. checklist, and the only one crossed out is Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> well, got to loose cannon. I love this stuff. I, this <laughs> the, these these parts of the lore are like my favorite. Where it's like this ties to this, and this ties to that, and that ties to that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm bouncing back and forth, and I'm finding yeah. this little clue here and this little clue here. Everything's connected in yeah. a way. Um, he does a good job with that. It really, it really is. Yeah, it's so it's all about interconnectedness with the lore and our people that our characters in the game. Um, second tree, if you could make a case that the second tree was um, planted by the witness by proxy Osiris. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you could say that Osiris ventured into black darkness, blah, 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 was gifted this dilly whopper by the witness, mm -hmm. not knowing it was the witness at that time. Yeah. And then he brought it back, did all this stuff. And now the tree is growing and the witness is like saying, ha ha. <laughs> hmm. So I but think so, that. So there has to be some, because people have said this, there has to be some difference between uh, the, the second tree and the veil, despite the fact that the veil does appear to have some aspect of the tree of silver wings. Yeah. 
Well, okay, so back up. So remember when we talked about Sabbath Moon having something to do with the veil, uh, the veil on Neomuna? Yeah, like that that she knew it was hidden there, and and yeah, and her ties with try- yeah, and her ties with trying to outdo the witness or basically trick the witness or like the ultimate play would be, hey, I can hide uh, something that's that on the surface looks like it would be you know a darkness thing but i can hide it and it's really tied to the light because look the traveler blessed me with the light right and so now you sure the veil is is definitely well i think i think the real question the the real thing that you have to uh that lightfall is going to like try to make us accept is that the light and dark are not different that they are yeah just... i think that's the new thing that's the new thing in laura saying because when we first got the lightfall expansion there they basically doubled down with what we already knew in the past that light and dark are not good and bad forces and they're not yeah. they're not like op- opposition with one another so refresh my memory if you can um the tree of silver wings on io the second tree it began yes. to get corrupted did we? Yes. And it got fully corrupted. It did. It did su- su- successfully get corrupted. But did we? Yes. Um, did we reverse that at the end? I don't know. I don't. I wonder if the whole point of the the tree being corrupted was um, just to stop it from growing further. Because wasn't it? Didn't it have something to do with uh, the the taken. At the time, it's it's so hard. We to were trying something. to, we were this trying is, to stop the taking from coming back or something. I I can't some remember. way. I can't either. This is this is what really does gen like I understand why they have to, but this is what genuinely does suck about uh, losing content like that. Where it's like, yeah. I wish I could replay that season. I wish I could just replay like the missions of that season, just like the yeah. story beats. Like not oh, I absolutely rely. Event. I absolutely rely on those transcripts that um, Ishtar uses to go back and watch missions yeah. that were played because they're not there anymore. You know, you can't go back and and you know now that we have to worry even more about DMCA strikes and stuff yeah, like and that being pulled from YouTube. I, I just I would I would be so sad to see all of that hard work and and stuff gone erased. And that's that. That's actually something that we should say. Um, if if you are listening, uh, there's a YouTube channel called Destiny Loraval, and I'm, I'm sure we've talked about them briefly before. They're a great resource. They they collect all those missions and they they like they transcribe them. They post the videos. Those videos then get used on Ishtar, so Ishtar can like you have easier search functions instead of mm-hmm. just like. Maybe it's this video and you click it. Maybe it's this video and you click it. You can like actually search keywords and things like that. Yeah. And and Bungie recently uh, announced that they that they don't want people doing that anymore. They don't want people to uh, transcribe missions or anything, and that they would be the ones doing it from now on. Which, I mean, it's like it's great to have first party support, but. You're never going to. You, Bungie is never going to do it as as dedicatedly as this this volunteer in the community is doing. Exactly, exactly. And and the thing that's scary is how much we rely on it, and it could just vanish at any yeah. moment. You know, if it um, wasn't for Ishtar, yeah. Destiny One lore, Destiny One Grimoire cards would be gone today. 
Oh, and 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 the writers and members of Des, uh, you know, of Bungie have even explicitly yeah. said, "Thank goodness for Ishtar because yep. they can go back and use it as a repository for past things that they've even written and forgotten about." Yeah. It's so like, let's let's make I sure remember, I'm saying the exact same thing again. I'm not yeah, half remembering the, the, the line that was said. Well, it's just like the thing we were just now talking about. Like I, I can literally go in here and read what yeah. what was up with the contact IO mission. The guardian deploys a containment bank underneath a pyramid scale and joins the other guardians to charge the seed of silver wings with darkness. Like there it is. There's a summary right there. Yep. Boom. What was it? What were we doing with the seed of silver wings? We were charging it with darkness underneath a pyramid scale. Okay. Now we can kind of get somewhere. Where would you be without that information? You know, not here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and I, I'm I'm honestly I'm a little concerned that um like they're the the only reason why they haven't uh directly come out and said like no website can can use because they're being super strict with lore in the API right now. Like we are getting it yeah, much they are. less and less, and it's beginning to make me feel like is it a bug? I don't, I don't speak to them. I don't know. Um, right. But it makes me wonder if it, is it a bug or is it intentional because they want to eventually make a subsection on the Bungie website for uh, uh, hosting the lore, hosting the, all the lore books and lore. And that's the other thing. Is it just going to be the lore books? What about the lore entries? Are you going to have a search? Is it going to be like how it was yeah. in D1 where you yeah. literally flip over a card and then you have a little yeah. like two by four uh, inch box to read in? Like, yeah, they did employ, um, you know, because they were looking for uh, employees and they they didn't uh, they did fill positions with with a team there at Bungie that it regards the lore and story and stuff yeah. like that. So there is, there is a team there somewhere trying, probably trying to do this some way. Um, if not just for this, but for other things, because you know, we know that there's a lot of other media that's going to be coming out of Bungie related to destiny. Uh, so, you know, whether that be an awesome live show or whether it just be, you know, more stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um that being said uh you know we need to hold on to what we got because yeah. it's a fragile thing yeah okay well in that case uh to to get back to what we we're trying to say so the veil isn't just uh light or dark it's it's an right. artifact of power and that's why the witness was able to use it as well because if the yes. witness is, is just dark it shouldn't be able to use a light artifact to do anything right, right. And so here's the thing that's cool about this, and 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 you can you can make the case, and you could argue the, that the witness cannot directly uh, cannot directly manipulate uh, that particular thing, the veil, or like even the radial mast. When we were doing the the mission to you know stop the radial mast, which was an antenna for the darkness, um, he. You think like, okay, well, why didn't the witness just come down and go grab it and then stick it where he needs it to go and then boom, done. Well, mm -hmm. if he could do that, he would have done it. So that means he cannot, cool. or that means the witness cannot do that directly himself or mm -hmm. herself, whatever the witness is. It. It. Yeah, it. Um, 
So that begs the question, our involvement uh, is either one of manipulation because we were being used or, um, you know, something else. Yeah, I think I think the witness knew that no matter the outcome, it was going to win in the end. And it was it was it was like a matter of patience of like, yeah, kept fumbling. And it's like, you're really like starting to get on my fucking nerves now. Like, I'm going to win no matter what. But you're <laughs> pissing me off. Yeah. Where, like in the end, we defeated Callus. We prevented Callus from getting the veil for the witness. However, we yeah. were right by the veil and the witness took the veil through our ghost. And it's just like, good job. You fucked yeah. up, you know? Hey. There's a you know there's a lot of contention contention uh, with the light fall just because there's so much stuff going on uh, parallel to one another so that you can't really fully immerse yourself into one particular character as we've you know we've under we've uncovered because in the past we've always thought of Callus as this massive looming powerful character in game i mean even the lore surrounding him was really good and and magnanimous right you know callus mm -hmm. is this character of mag great magnanimity <laughs> and he always thought of himself as being the herald of the darkness the luca you know the the one mm. that would witness the great end uh and be there basically at the at the very last uh universe's very last dying breath he thought I'm going to be there. I'm going to survive. I'm going to be the sole witness. And he wanted, you know, someone to share that express uh, experience with and i.e. Yeah. why he tried to manipulate us into becoming that. Or, but I know. feel like that was just like all bullshit. Like he didn't actually want that. You know, he doesn't want to sit there at the end and just be the last one to die. He wants to be the one to survive. And if, yeah, if there are others to survive for, to love him, even better, you know, like if it's, he's, he's just full of shit. Yeah. That's the great, that's the great disappointment. Cause like, look how, look how, you know, look how he was <laughs> yeah. when we ended up defeating him at the end and, yeah. and how the witness basically slapped him around, you know? Um, so. Yeah. So the, the veil light and dark artifact something to do with the tree of silver wings were, were confident. And one thing that I was mentioning a lot as I was going through those entries was the context of worms and how the worms were yeah. present, uh, kind of throughout that. <clears throat> and the going theory is that next season, season of the deep or season two, uh, depending on how you prefer to call them, uh, season 20, 21, 22. And that's why, is it 21 or 22 next season? I don't know anymore. And that's why I call it season <laughs> so, two. Wait, 22? Yeah. Because uh, weren't we looking at 23? This is season one. Next season, season two. I, okay. I It's it's too many damn seasons to keep track anymore. Yeah. Um, and the, the going theory is that we're going to be going back to Titan. There was a promo material that even before Lightfall came out, people were like, is that fucking Titan? And then... <laughs> Here's the game, and that promo shot nowhere to be seen. So it's like, okay, if they had enough of season of the deep done to be like it's season of the deep, right? And then not say anything more than that, like that could have been from the next season. And um, 
as everyone should remember, on Titan, there's a big fucking worm swimming in the methane ocean. Yeah. Yeah. And um, if that went unchecked in, in the Witch Queen, when we defeated Rolk, we also stopped the reproduction of worms because of this strike. So it was like a multifaceted attack. This might be how the worms kind of come back into into fruition where where like uh i forgot what the the original worm god was um the mother of the ones that we know oh, like right Aka, Air, all them the mother of them yeah. i forgot her name but like her thing is done but this one might have a, a deal to make with the witness to create more hive for zivu hmm and Zivu is another one of our topics, which we should really get on to other of our topics. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously the, the question is, where the hell is she? We had a whole year that made it sound like Zivu was like really coming for us in, in, in front of Witch Queen and everything. And even a little before Witch Queen queen if I remember correctly. Yeah, we're, we're the season of the hunt. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that? Yeah. All this yeah. stuff with Zivu, she's just like like Zivu, Zivu, Zivu. She's underground and, like a trimmer worm, just you know, spreading up, spitting up roots every now and then. And didn't we have another mission where we went to go kill that guy again this season? Uh, the one that doesn't die, and it's just like it's, he just he just does not die; he just keeps <laughs> coming back. No wonder enemies hate us. Yeah. I think the favorite thing the community loves to use the, the 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 thing that Zivu is um feeding herself off of the war and the battle that's happening above mm -hmm. ground, basically, right? So like her I think a lot of people have this idea. I don't know if it's necessarily true or not. I mean it's a good idea, but a lot of people think that Zivu is is getting powerful from our chaos that's happening amongst us anytime that light confronts dark or anytime that a battle is happening death whatever she's just somewhat getting some energy from that somehow mm -hmm. i don't know uh well i mean yeah that that um that seems to be the case with her that like she is feeding off of all of this but it's like i don't know i'm just waiting let me for ask you this to for yeah. her to do something. Let me ask. Let me ask you this. Okay, if Titan comes back, yeah, would you suspect Zivu would um, mantle that responsibility of the worms, the Sabathun's new brood <laughs> that was brewing on Titan forever that we never really had anything come out of that? Do you think she could take over? I imagine if they didn't become part of the Lucent Bridge, you would have to. Uh, there's some really cool stuff that happened on Titan that I was thinking back to um, way back when. Uh, one was there was an instance which had, you know, even Amanda involved, but um, there was a shard, a golden shard, uh, yeah. which had to do with the Traveler. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were trying to take it was it stood out to me because it wasn't a regular shard you know it wasn't a regular traveler shard it was a shard uh that was gold and it had to do with the yeah. traveler but anyway 
I remember yeah. it was like more of a power source than anything. Exactly. They were using it as a power source uh, for we don't know why. Mm-hmm. And we took it back to the tower and Amanda used it. Yeah. Uh, like she was like, Ooh, I can make some ships fly really good with this thing. You know, <laughs> just like, <Yeah>. okay, <laughs> great. We're not even going to explore the idea that this could be something really bad and we're just going to play with it. And then, you know, you think about uh Sabathun's song and you think about, uh, you think about all the, the, the hivey hiveness that was going on down there. And then that huge worm, of course, but all of that still Titan. Why was it such a great breeding ground? Think about all that flora and fauna and all of the experimentation that was happening with the people that occup the people that lived on Titan, the, the explorers and the uh, scientists that were there um, messing with all those plants <laughs> and all that cool matter that they were messing with down there. Uh, so, you know, I, I I can't help but feel like that was great food for the hive i don't know like it it was a good like like why not the why not titan well because it's a great breeding ground for you know the the you know the hive yeah no i mean it is and i would expect uh zivu to be associated with it in some fashion um, yeah. Assuming Titan does come back, of course. Yeah. It was a massive area too that we didn't even get to go play in. We just drove a a a a, a Draco tank down to the end of it and just the Drake. Yeah, the Drake. Draco. <laughs> Drake. I don't know. <laughs> Look, there's a ton of names in here. I'm starting to get mushed out. Yeah. No, I get you. That was a cool mission, though. We rode that that Drake tank into all those hive and just kept. Well, no, that was that was to... that was the uh, the like little yellow utility mover. It wasn't even a Drake that you're thinking of. Oh, it wasn't. You're right. That was fun. And yeah. We drove down that hill, and then we had that uh, moment where we got rescued. I would really like to see. Um, I saw. I saw someone. Uh, Proposed the theory that Zivu was turning Titan into a war moon, which I think Ooh. would be awesome. If that was like the reason we haven't really seen her is because she's been making Titan her staging ground, and now we're going to try to interrupt it before it's it's fully ready to launch an attack on us. And I think that would be uh, a really exciting way to handle uh, a not. And 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 the best part about this is if they were to do something like that, you can have a a kind of like joint uh, operation. This is Operation One, right? So we go to Titan, we go to interrupt Zivu. She's been turning Titan into a war moon, filling it with her hive, taking over Savathun's hive, etc. We have a we have a dungeon on Titan in the Arcology, pretty please, where we go to like take out her 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 general. And it's like, all right, that was going to be her general, and we take them out. And then, so now Zivu's mad. Next season, she's 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 kind of like plotting her revenge. Season three, she's plotting her revenge. Season four is going to come along, and we're going to have dungeon number two. And yep. in that season, we can actually take Zivu out. 
if because I I feel like she would be a good dungeon boss. I don't think she needs to be a raid boss personally. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. That would be kind of cool. You know, I mean, at the end of it all, we're we're it's a it's an ultimate battle with the three, um, the three hive bad guys, uh, Savathun, Oryx, and now Zivu. Yeah. And then you would have um, a raid dungeon and story mission. <laughs> yeah. It just works out perfectly. Yeah, I think so. You know, that's 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 if they <laughs> it's if they just keep it going like that. I mean, they got to stretch content out, right? You know, it's a business. You got to make things last. You got to you can't give everybody everything all at once. Um, but I think you did touch on something that maybe they did think that they could do more, and then they had to reel it back, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because and then maybe the reason why the API is on such a you know hardcore lockdown is because there there could very well be content that will just ruin the surprise or ruin the upcoming thing that they've had to stretch out and so maybe that's why they're being so quiet or it could just be you know a glitch in the matrix or it could just be you know they're on something else right now and they got to you know they got to c- continue this until the end. So, yeah, I mean, based on it. based on what it sounds like, it just sounds like a lot of the API is just on the fritz. You know, it's it's like it is yeah. not working how they want it to be. It they want us to have the lore by now. It's just, for some reason it's it's not working how it's intended. Yeah. Um, although they did say that season of the deep was supposed to be a season full of surprises, which they've said a few times. Um, this this one they seem to be doing a better job aside from the leaks that have come out that have spoiled, yeah. <laughs> uh, quote unquote spoiled. Um, yeah, it's they Bungie themselves did a, a good job keeping everything in. Nothing was data mined this time. It was, it was unfortunate yeah. that someone was uh, shared information and that they took it. Yeah. Uh, two. So other, do you think uh, gone? No, I was going to say, do you think, okay, so do you think Sabathun did have something to do with hiding the the planets that we can't go to now? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was something that she said, that she had control over them, right? Yeah, that's, control that's over it. That's a, I don't know. There, there was a number of lore <laughs> entries that made it sound like Sabathun wasn't as contained as we think she is. And if we right. were to believe one of her, her two truths and a lie, being that she controls uh, the remaining missing planets, Titan, Io, and Mercury, uh, if we were to believe that, then she can come out and reveal that she has not been detained and she has not done anything wrong and she's bringing Titan back and telling us we need to go stop Zivu before her power gets too strong on Titan. Right. You know, like, that's how the story can play out. It could be, like, huge fucking reveal of, like, all right, now we got to work with Sabathun to take out Zivu, and that's how we do it, and and things like yeah. that. Um, it's cool to me. Yeah. We have uh, two other uh, entries here on our list, and I don't think we'll be able to get the other ones, uh, but they're kind of related. So we have the Lycan and a Gregor. And so the Lycan oh, was boy. specifically uh, the, the rust that was growing on the crown of Sara, while the Gregor is kind of different. But yeah. they're kind of, aren't they like kind of like together? 
Yeah, they're one and the same. So okay. just a just to back up real quick. So the lichen was cool because the first times we were talking about the lichen was in the season of the hunt. There was the lichen that was growing on the brassy gold um, ornamented weapons that had to do with callus. Mm -hmm. uh, well, had to do with, I say callus, had to do with Keitel's, um battle with Cat. Callus, I guess, is what the conflict between the cabal of Keitel and Callus. Anyway, anyway, mm -hmm. anyway, it was interesting because there was this there was this battle going on between uh, Keitel's cabal and Callus's cabal, if you will. So, just to basically simplify it, I know there's other dynamics that go to it, but to simplify it, and because of that clash of cabal, there was. Zivu <laughs> underneath the surface with this lichen and the lichen was growing on these weapons that were once tied to uh, other things um, but it was cool because these weapons were adorned with gold and stuff like that but some of the lores would seem to suggest that maybe because of the, uh, you know, what we got about the Egregorn, the ship that disappeared and came back, the the big Cabal ship that we ended up going on to get the Dead Man's Tail, uh, mm -hmm. seemed to suggest that through that whole mishappenstance, whatever you want to call it, the lichen started to grow on those ornamented weapons and almost like an infection of sorts. Uh, so that's the connection for me with the lichen of Zivu and the egregore of the ship that went off into the, you know, the darkness and came back. Mm -hmm. um, also because the egregore would have, you know, similar biology, biological like connotations in real world uh, where it grows and spore and blah, 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 blah. So what is lichen? Lichen is a growth that happens um you know like plain plain and simple um if you wanted to say like lichenification or lichen you know uh, in, in in as far as the definition goes it's a plant-like organism that typically forms on leaf-like or branching growth on rocks and walls and trees mm -hmm. uh so it, it's it, it's similar in that kind of biology in that biological way yeah. Basically, it's a dead thing, like almost like a almost like a mushroom. It's a dead thing that yeah. grows from other dead things. And so the the thing I wanted to mention, um, Mars, we got back, but it didn't really have. We didn't really explore much of Mars. Like I know we had. Yeah. Um. Actually, no. I guess we did kind of explore and. Well, we re-explored uh, a part of the Braytech that we used to have. There was no Egregor growing in that area, but there right. were more Ivy uh, whatevers, you know? Right. Like where you oh, climb that's... up. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's where it went. That's where it went back to was the helmet. Remember mm -hmm. the helmet uh, that... Savathun was the Savathun symbol was inside the helmet that Kalish used to put on his yeah, yeah yeah what was the yeah 
the lichen Sorry. grew on that helmet, despite being yes. gold, which shouldn't be able to tarnish. Yes, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask, do you, do you think if Titan returns, will we see more Egregor growing there? Uh, and specifically, like, what do you think Egregor is? Like, is it is it just like... Uh, like a manifestation of dark like is it is it like is it like so if the witness wants everything to to die right like everything is dead right. is there like a special type of like fungi mold that that grows from this specific type of death and could that be a gregor is that why it's why it's there um yeah so the gregor is like so as far as like the spores go that that fuel the egregor, if you if you look on the word definition for uh, egregor, it has a lot to do with like spirit and yeah. you know the other the other side of things. So like there's a there's a known universe that you can physically touch and use all of your senses with, and then there's the unknown, which is like the spirit world. Uh, we had to fight the phantom like uh, representations of, of our worst nightmares. And the egregore was tied to that as well because the egregore was a channel to basically um, cross the two uh, the two existences so that we could fight our own demons, our own nightmares is what we were calling them, the nightmares of like these past failures, regret, blah blah blah, fear, all of these things. And so the egregore uh, allowed us to channel that spirit world and confront our own demons that were becoming our nightmares that were trying to you know keep us from whatever uh but the the egregore plainly is an occult concept which represents a non-physical entity much like a ghost much like a spirit much like a specter much like a nightmare a phantom all of these different words uh they're they can also you know, be attributed to angelic beings, you know, mm -hmm. um, watchers, anything on the other side that, that can, you know, just mm -hmm. somehow have something to do with us, which <laughs> all of this is hilarious because we are guardians. We have ghosts. We are undead beings. <laughs> and so it's just, it's just funny. Cause there's already a lot to go with that too. And so like, even that, even Zavala had to confront, you know the failures of losing his son and his wa uh, wife. Uh, what was her name? I don't remember. It's uh, I can't remember her full name. Yes, and uh, and then Crow had to confront his own self as Aldrin, and um, before that, uh, Eris had to confront her fire team that she felt like she failed mm -hmm. um, on the moon. So this goes back really far. <laughs> uh, so like, you know, these the the egregore uh, was neat because it 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 showed up after or our involvement with it showed up after that ship that the, the cabal had that disappeared that we went to go get the dead man's tail weapon from had come back into our re reality so it was taken from our reality put somewhere and then it came back all crazy and messed up because Kalish was experimenting with you know the scorn which are tied to the darkness by proxy the hive hivey hiveness 
<laughs> it's very tangled up. You you mentioned watchers, and I could have sworn there was in in the tree of silver wings there was a a mention of watchers coming to to see the tree. Right. Well, the thing that the thing that bothers me is the egregore in the plant life um, is very like on just you know visually is very similar to what the drifter has hanging on the back of his yeah. And that's the other thing. Yeah. He he went he went to this place and he came back with the the creature and apparently also the egregore because when we found egregore he got like called out and he he's like what I'm not allowed to have this all of a sudden yeah <laughs> it's never, it, was never it, it wasn't a problem for years yeah. all of a sudden you're mad yeah. God, that's bugging me. I can't. I can't find it, but I swear I saw it. Something about like watchers came to hither, or some nonsense like that. Yeah. Um. In any case, uh, one thing that I did notice just now as I was looking for those words, Eris does not know who planted the second tree on Io, and um, she's sending a message talking about the second tree to uh, four people. Three people? Three people known as the Gallant, the Mystic, and the Scribe. And so obviously the Scribe would be Asher Mir. He's the Jensen Scribe. We still don't know who the Gallant and the Mystic are. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, we might know them, but we don't have a way to treat them. So, like, first off the top of my head would be, like, Marasov and the Exo Stranger. Yeah, could be because Mara would be the gallant, right? I mean, I could hear it go the I could I could hear it go either way. Yeah, I guess you're right. Well, I think that's going to be it for our show this week. We're kind of coming up on our time, um, <clears throat> and we we covered most of our bullet points. The only one really left that uh, I, I wanted to talk about was how why the, the Shadow Legion was holding people prisoner. And there's a number of reasons why it could be. But there's one that I think is really interesting and I wanted to get into it. So I will throw that okay. in next week. We'll, we'll, we'll have a moment next week where I'll, I'll explain a, a thought I had about that. Um, so our next show will be on May 14th. It'll be two, excuse me, two weeks. It'll be one week <laughs> in two days. When does the new season yeah. come out? Because I, I read it was the 22nd, but it would have to be the 23rd. Or maybe the and season gonna ends be, on the 22nd. It okay. It'll be, it, it'll be one it week and a couple days before the new season. And we okay. will read uh, a lore book hopefully the raid lore book if it's if it's available to us if not i might have to uh collect those myself i, I know i said that last week but this time i will <laughs> actually try to hold myself to do it uh, hopefully it's just in the api it's a real pain to to transcribe from the game it's 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 really not fun um but yeah, so we hope you enjoyed this episode of Loose Cannon, and uh, if, if you want to find more of us, we're on Twitter, and we're going to get this episode out, and uh, 
Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Bye.